0: Hey, this is Billy Claudio. I'm the pastor of Oasis Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope you find freedom today through the gospel. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. That was pretty, uh, I think people are still sleeping this morning. Uh, I know that we got a lot of fan. we got, hey, we got our youth at youth camp coming home today, so I've heard that they've had a great and powerful week up there. So That's pretty cool. Let's give a play play, for that. We opened up, uh, I don't know if many of you know that a couple months ago, we received a grant for our... that's me. Okay. Um, uh, we received a grant for our food pantry. We opened up our new storage unit yesterday, so we're going to start filling that up. We were able to transport where we have other food currently stored, and we turned that into our place where we we're putting our backpacks and our school supplies. We had families come by. We had this awesome little cute girl come by yesterday to receive her backpack and pick out supplies that she wanted, and she had this um, face paint of a rainbow and some funky stuff on her head, And uh, I was not surprised that she picked the sparkliest backpack possible. Um, But just to see the blessing that we get to be to our community. We had a lady come by. I was here yesterday about 6.30 in the morning. We had a lady come by, and she said she's a a boo-Jew. I didn't know what that was either. She said, I'm a Buddhist Jew. That's a little weird. But she said, I want to drop off school supplies because I believe in, in being partners in this community. And uh, I'm thankful that your church does something for this community. And so I was really impressed that a Buju, I'm going to use that term from now on, <laughs> decided to, that we were good enough um, and that our love for our community was so evident that she wanted to be partake in that. And so that's pretty cool. So thank you on, our, on your behalf for ministering to Bujus. I don't even know what that is, but I loved it. She was really a funny lady, and, and we had a great conversation for about 20 minutes. So I, uh, we know we got school starting this week, so we have a lot of families taking their last hurrah. I love when school starts, I cry nonstop the first day school starts. No, I'm serious, I cry. They may be tears of joy, but I cry. And so now my wife, who goes back to school, she's a teacher, she has to actually figure out what day of the week it is now that summer's over for her. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, how many of y'all are excited at school starting for your kids? That's what I'm talking about, right? You get it. You get what I'm saying. Um, so anyways, hey, uh, be praying for our Pastor Billy. He's been under the weather, uh, and we've had a lot of people under the weather at our church this last week. Um, but God is good and is restoring people, and I'm excited that I get to be a part of bringing the word. Uh, this week, um, I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. We're going to talk about something really transparent, really honest today. I'm going to let you in on a secret into my life that I have never really shared vocally. So that's the teaser for the end of the sermon. Um, But be praying this week. We have uh, on Friday up in Williams, we have our annual men's retreat. We have 360 guys that are going to be up there. That's a lot of guys. I'm going to ask personally that you would do something for me, personally. Um, I have been asked to be the Saturday night speaker to usher in a time of ministry. And so I'm going to ask my church family this week um, that you would cover me personally in prayer. Um, I believe that God wants to unrip a veil over men's eyes. And, and I don't know, ladies, uh, you might know this, our men need help. They may never admit they need help, but they need help. and the o- That's what I'm saying, preach, right? Hey, I'm a man, I need help. Um, and the only way I know to really help men is to get them in the presence of God. And to allow God to help them, because we can't. And so I'm going to ask you to pray over these men. Matter of fact, Wednesday night we're going to have a special time for that. But I'm excited uh, for tonight, today, because I'm going to... I told them I wasn't going to leave the stage, but I lied. Um, They have trouble following me with the camera because of my ADD. Um, How many of you remember one of these? Right? What did we call them? No, rabbit ears. Rabbit ears, right? Remember, you'd have to twist them... We had a TV, now if you're under 30, you don't get it, if you're under 35, you probably don't get it, but I am not, and so we had one of these on our TV set, When it had a little dial, it was a little bit more archaic than this one, Um, but we had a dial, and it would never work until we put what on the ends? (laughs) Aluminum foil, thank you! But sometimes, out of the 12 channels that you had, they still didn't come in clear, so someone in your family always had the magic touch, Right? You know what I'm talking about? So you would hold it like this, and if you had the magic touch in your family, you would come over here with a tinfoil ball, do this, and maybe do this. And your family wouldn't let you leave until the TV show was over, right? You know what I'm talking about? Rabbit ears. Man, we had it tough growing up. One of 12 channels, no DVR, you couldn't watch it later. You liked watching Matlock. Barney Fife. You didn't have a choice when those things came on. It was either that or the news or some one Spanish station, which we like to watch because I didn't know what they were saying, but it came in clear (laughs) without me having to hold the antennas. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever drive far away and the only thing you get is country and Spanish? We need to tap into that signal. So we're going to talk about reception today. Reception. I think this is a, a perfect illustration of what this really represents in our spiritual lives. Now, we had one that was this long, and then when this one got, didn't work so well, we had one on top of our house, and the wind would blow, and as soon as the storms came, we would lose reception. We would lose tuning in. So we're going to talk about something that I think is really, really important. Matter of fact, uh, we don't talk about it enough in church. We do it. Woo, I just hit puberty right there. <laughs> School's school starting. We do it but we don't talk about it. So we're going to talk about something really, really important. We're going to talk about this idea and this one word that I know as soon as I say this, they are going to be like, all right, I'm out. But I promise you, stay with me today because I think God's going to reveal something to you you've never seen before. We are going to talk about a word called prayer. Prayer. Now, what does an antenna have to do with prayer? It's very, very simple. This tunes you into something. That's what it's meant for. That's its primary function is to tune in so you get clarity. So you can see things different without static, without haze, without um, snow. Remember when TV stations used to shut down at like 12 o'clock at night and you couldn't watch TV anymore? I wish that would happen now. We're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about clarity and what it really means. And, and, And I've often heard people say this. Prayer is simply just talking to God. How many of you have ever heard that? I talk to trees all the time. They don't talk back. So prayer can't be just simply talking to God. Matter of fact, the disciples knew that it was not just talking to God. And so I think we really haven't done a really good job in the church, not just Oasis, but the big church in understanding what prayer really is and how we go about it. Because Scripture, and you're gonna, we're going to walk through a bunch of Scriptures this morning, And I'm going to share with you something very, very personal. Um, But to tune. This is what this is for, and that's what prayer is for. It's to tune us into God. So what's the definition of tune? The musicians know what it's like to tune. How many of you ever heard a musician out of tune? Dawn? You heard me sing this morning? Your ears are out of tune. To tune is to bring into harmony or to adjust with precise function, intensity, and effectiveness. Think about this. Think about these words. To bring into harmony, to adjust for precise function, intensity, and effectiveness. That's the perfect definition of prayer. That's what prayer is. It's to help us come into harmony to give us a function with an intensity that God brings into our spirit so that we can be effective. That's what prayer is. It's to tune. Prayer is tuning our heart into harmony with God's heart. It's adjusting our lives to his life so we get clarity for our life. That's what it is. To help us live with more. I'm going to move this to the side or else I'll be playing with it because that's just, I'm ADD. (laughs) But that's what it is. That's what prayer is. It's to tune our spirit. Now let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you, let's, we're gonna be. I told you I'm gonna be transparent and honest later. I'm gonna ask you to be transparent and honest now. Okay? What you give, I'll give. Fair? Okay. How many of you say you should pray more? You know you should pray more, but you struggle too? All right, fair? Fair? I'm good with that. How many of you don't know what to pray for? Good? How many of you think pastors have magic words of prayer versus what you say? All right, cool. We're on the same page. How many of you are like me, have ADD prayers? (laughs) Like, I'll be praying, God, give us this daily bread, and then all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, bread. (laughs) I'm hungry. And then 10 minutes later I find myself in the kitchen, not even knowing what I was praying for, but I've got a great sandwich in front of me. (laughs) Right? Prayer. It's tough. It's tough. I've been a pastor and a believer for 30-some years, and it's just tough even for me. It was tough for the disciples. And so we're going to read a ton of stuff, but the first thing I have heard all the time is 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. You ever heard that before? You know what that does to me? It makes me feel this big. Because when I look at that, I know that's not me. Because truthfully, if I'm honest with you, sometimes I don't pray without ceasing. I cease to pray. And it makes me feel that big. And so what I want to do for you this morning, because I bet you you all feel like I do, because you all admitted it already, because you all stink. (laughs) And so do I. But what I want to do for you this morning is this. I want to change your perspective on prayer. Prayer. Because I think the Bible talks to us very clearly about something we don't really understand and we've never really been taught, and so I'm going to teach us how to pray this morning. You see, prayer is the central avenue. Get this. If you get this, you're going to understand why we want to pray around here, why we have nights like next Wednesday night. Prayer is a central avenue God uses to transform God. No. I hope somebody was theologically correct in that one. Where's our elders when I need them? Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, guess what you abandon? Prayer. It's very, very simple. It's very, very clear. We, 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 it's a notable characteristic that we from our lives and we don't want to change, right? Because remember the definition of, of prayer, tuning into God. And if I tune into God, I might not like to have to see what he says about my life. So what do I do? I abandon it because I don't want to change. And yet God is saying to me, if you would just come to me, I'm not trying to change you for who you're not. I'm trying to change you to who I've called you to be. That's what prayer is about. It's not about making you feel this big, and I'm going to give you a perfect example of that. And so I think it's time to understand it, but I also understand why it's hard to understand prayer because parts of us don't want to tune into to God. Let's just be honest this morning. How many of you like some of the dysfunction in your life? (laughs) Come on, right? We like it, or else if we didn't like it, we wouldn't keep it. How many of you had old clothes you got rid of at Goodwill? Why did you get rid of it? You didn't like it anymore, right? See, we like our dysfunction. That's true. Because if we didn't, we'd figure out how we get rid of it. And through prayer, that's part of the getting rid of. Because we tune in, we harmonize. Harmony, it's a perfect definition. We use it, my wife and I use it to describe marriage. Harmony is all parts work together to make a beautiful sound. That's all harmony is. When someone is out of harmony, when you are out of harmony with God, and let me tell you, God is our always harmonious. When you are out of harmony with God, something in your life is not making a good sound. And you hear it all the time. Why? Because your mind doesn't shut it off. So here we go. We're going to look at a passage this morning. We're going to dive in, and then I guarantee you're going to like where we're going to go. James 5.16, it says this. This is the best part of the whole message. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. How many of you love doing that? No? Okay, good. Confess your sins to one another and pray, there's the word, for each other so that you may be healed. We're going to get back to that later. The prayers, now this is where I want to come in. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So before I go any farther, show of hands, how many of you feel righteous? How many of you feel unrighteous? Come on, participation. All right, cool. We are going to have a Theology 101 lesson right now. I'm going to take you to seminary. This is why I paid the money, so you don't have to. Okay? The word righteous, we have in this, our minds this crazy thought That righteousness equates to how I feel. That is theologically incorrect. Righteousness is a state in which I am, not how I feel. Matter of fact, we can look at the scripture all over the place, and it says this in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.12, For God made Jesus, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God. Righteousness is not an ongoing process. That's the process of sanctification. Righteousness is a one-time occurrence. A one-time occurrence. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, guess what you became? Righteous. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you feel righteous today still? All right, we're learning a little bit, right? You become righteous. That means now you are right standing before God. Now, here you go. You ready? How many of you uh, feel like your prayers are powerful and effective? Okay, good, thanks. A couple people, a couple people. Most of us don't, right? Because we don't see the actions of what we're praying for. Let me just explain this to you. If you don't feel and understand that you automatically, regardless of how you feel righteous, you automatically have prayer potential that's powerful and effective because you are right standing before God. Check it out. For God made Christ who never sinned to be offering for our sins so that you could be made right. You are righteous. So that means where you sit today, the words you utter out of your mouth in prayer are powerful and effective. Now, I don't know if that doesn't charge you up. That gets me excited because it doesn't matter what junk goes on in my life. I am right standing before God, so I am powerful and I am effective with my prayer. See, we gotta get our minds around this. If I knew that I had all the power to, to to issue something, to utter in something, to bring something forth, why would I hold that back? Why would I think prayer is boring? Let's be honest, I've fallen asleep many, many times in prayer. That's okay. I wake up and I talk to God too. And I'm like, oh, he's like, oh man, that was a great sleep. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> It means whether you think it, whether you feel it, if you are a believer, God has already input into you powerful and effective prayer. Amen. That's it. It's automatically there. There's nothing you need to do to get it. It's a part of it. What we need to do is access it. And I'm going to teach you in a few minutes how we access this. Whew. I love this because what I've realized is that... Um, I get to approach God. Think about that. If you had the all-powerful, not Wizard of Oz, right? We're not going behind curtains. If you had the all-powerful, the creator of all things, the one outside of time, the one who developed everything, and you get to have a conversation at any time you want with him, why would you not? Why would you not? Like, there's so many things I want to ask. I want to ask, what the heck he was thinking when he made the platypus? (laughs) That's true, I do want to know that. I want to know what he was thinking when when we lost our child. Like I want to know these things because they affect my lives or they affect my curiosity. And yet God says, hey, man, don't, don't, don't withhold those things. Bring them to me because I am one with you. You can approach me. You see, we can approach God because of what Jesus has done on the cross, and because Jesus died on the cross, he gave us direct access to God. the Old Testament, they weren't allowed to do that. There was a veil, and they had to have an intercessor to go before them in order to talk to God. Imagine having to have you, like, play telephone. Hey, could you tell God this? Could you tell—hey, maybe could you? And it gets lost in translation— but you have direct access to a God who's approachable. You see, what I've realized as Christians is we think we have to convince God to do something on our behalf. Like we gotta beg, we gotta plead. But God is already waiting to do something on your behalf. He's just waiting to give you his, He's just waiting to give you His heart more. And all He's saying is just tune in to me more. Align yourself with me more through prayer and I will then I'll bring you to a place that your heart so longs for. Why, why does God say, I'll give you the things you ask for if you ask for them in my name? Because he knows your heart is aligned to his heart and so he's, you're going to ask for the things he wants, not the things you want. Whew. Jeff, can I grab some water? Parched. I want to teach you this something unique. For some of you, this might be simple, like, yeah, you've been around church your whole time, and some of you, you, you might never have experienced this, but I'm going to actually walk you through how to pray in a few minutes, and then we're going to practice this on Wednesday night, but I'm going to give you some more reasons why, because what I realize is we don't like the prayer. we're not involved in prayer, we don't dive into it like we think, because we think we're, we're just not equipped enough, but let me tell you what God thinks about you. Jeremiah 33 says this, ask me, and every time you hear this word yellow, I want you to repeat it after me. Ask me, I will, you, and I will tell you remarkable secrets. Like, that's amazing to me that God wants to tell me secrets? I can't keep them. (laughs) You do not know things about to come. Next verse, here we go. Keep going. There we go, Psalm 34, 17. The Lord, his people, when they call to him for help. He rescues them for troubles. Next one, go. Then you will call upon me and come and pray and, and to me and I will hear. Man, don't you love to be heard by somebody? Right? Any parents ever talk to your kids and are not listening to you? Anybody ever talk to your spouse and are not listening to you? I promise you, God always wants to hear you. Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek seek means to align, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Listen, guys, I want to tell you this. God is longing to hear from you. No burden too big. I have a friend in Mexico, Pastor Daniel. He says it this way all the time to me. Little prayer, little God. Big prayer, big God. I love that. That's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. I can understand that. God's longing to hear from you. He's like a kid at Christmas who can't wait to hear from you. Remember that excitement you had? Running downstairs opening the presents? That's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. My mom fell down the stairs with our presents. <laughs> True story. I walk out. I'm like, oh, shattered. I'm still in therapy. <laughs> the problem is most of us think that God is far away. And all he's waiting to do is just judge us. That's what we think. Or we don't have the exact words, so we don't pray. Check this out. I used to think prayer was boring. I grew up in the Catholic church. We're going to get to more scripture here in a minute, I promise you. I grew up in the Catholic church. And I remember going to confession with this guy behind a veil or a screen with little holes in there. I always wanted to just throw spitballs through him, but then didn't work. <laughs> and I remember, I, I remember reciting different prayers in order to seek repentance and forgiveness. I can still requote quote them all to you. I can quote them all because I had to say them a thousand times because I was a deviant. But it wasn't personal. It wasn't honest. It was routine. Can I ask you a question, honestly? Just real simple. Is your prayer life routine? Like you say the same things over and over and over again. Like, there's no, no vibrancy. And because there's no vibrancy and you're saying the things over and over and over again, you're like, does this even make a difference? You see, that's how I felt. It didn't mean anything to me was when I was growing up. And then I became a believer, and I guess what? I did not know how to pray. I didn't know that God had a specific way he wanted me to communicate with him, that he would hear me, and that he would listen to me. As the scripture says, he wanted to hear me. I certainly didn't feel like what it says in James 5, that my prayers were powerful and effective. I used to have this image of God. I'm going to show you this image. This is what I viewed of God. Show show that picture, please. No, no, no. This is serious. This is true. It's funny. It's actually funny. But this is what I felt like when I was praying, that I had become before this guy who was my judge and jury. And I would start my prayers, dear father. It should have been dear judge. Because that's what I had experienced. That's what I felt God was doing. That's what I felt like when I came to him with my voice, that I had to have the words in order to receive the forgiveness. And then one day, I'll never forget this. I was sitting at a place in Palatine, Illinois, called Crabtree Nature Center. And I was by myself. I used to go off in the woods by myself and do things. And uh, I was sitting there, and I was, I, I was praying, because that's what Christians should do, Right? We do that so we can feel like we're a Christian, and this is the thing I should do, versus this is the thing I get to do. And I was praying, and I never forget this. This word was clear as day to me. God said, why am I something you do versus someone you love? Why, why, am, why, are you just, why, why have I become something you just do versus someone you're falling in love with more and more and more? And it was at that very moment that my life and my prayer life changed. Why? Because I realized for the first time that real prayer is life-creating and life-changing. He went from a judge to a father. I confessed that he was something I was doing, not somebody I was in love with. New life began to be created in me. And honestly, for the first time in my life, sitting there in Palatine, Illinois, getting mosquito blasted in this little hut, I realized that I had a loving father who just wanted to hear from me. Scripture says, in Matthew chapter 6, it says this. It says, uh, how good would a father be if he turned away his child, if he asked for something he didn't give it to him? Like, I love when my kids want to come talk to me. Sometimes I don't want to listen to them because it's crazy, but I love the fact that they want to approach me because they know I'm not going to turn them away. I think some of us are so afraid to approach God with intimacy because we're afraid he's going to turn us away. I love talking to him on the daily now, moment by moment, ceasing. This this passage, 1 Thessalonians, doesn't even, I mean, it matters to me, but it doesn't because prayer is not just without ceasing. It's just continual because I want to align my spirit all the time with what God is doing. Now, is there perfection? Absolutely not, and you're going to see in a moment. You see, our prayers may be awkward, they may be feeble, but since the, get this, if you get this, I promise you your prayer life's going to change. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it, not the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. Sometimes the purpose of prayer is to get us out of circumstances, but more often than not, the purpose of prayer is to get us through circumstances. I discovered something about the church. We don't do a great job teaching us about prayer. And you're missing out, and I will confess, I as a pastor have not been great to you because I think you're missing out on what it means to have an intimate dialogue with God all the time, and we haven't done a good job teaching that. Like we say, let's pray, but by show of hands, many of you don't know how. And you're not a fool. Why? The disciples didn't know how, as we're going to see in a second. And if the disciples didn't know how, that makes me feel not so much of an idiot that I don't know how sometimes. They walked with Jesus. They hung out with Jesus. They walked with him for two years. This is two years in his ministry, and they finally get to a point when Jesus, and we're going to look at it right now in Luke chapter 11, they get to this point with Jesus. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, even Jesus prayed. Think about that for a second. Who is he praying to? God. Even Jesus knew the importance of having his dialogue with God. Even though he was God, he still needed to have a dialogue with God. And when he was finished, one of his disciples came to him, I think it's Peter probably in my mind, because he was kind of a knucklehead. One of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Now you would think these guys who spent two years with Jesus would have caught it by now, right? You think that you've gone to church maybe your whole life and you would have caught it by now. Well, that's a naivety, a part of, uh, of the big church not being able to teach us how to pray. So let me just do this this morning. If the disciples needed to learn, so do we. So here it goes. Here's what he says in John chapter 11. We're going to read it right now. Or, uh, um Yeah. Luke chapter 11. Sorry. Let me get over to Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Here we go. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. He says this, and then verse 2. Jesus speaking to the person who just inquired about, how do I pray? He says, when you pray, say, well, that's pretty easy instructions, right? Anybody can follow that? That's like the Ikea of instructions for prayer right there. When you pray, say, our Father. See, that's the point. That's the problem, too, because some of us don't have great fathers. And so the thought of actually communicating to a father that cares for you is very, very difficult. I understand that. I get that, but I want to let you know this father can't wait to hear from you. This father's so in love with you. He's like, why do you stay so far from me? I want to bring you close because I want to show you that I'm a good father. Our father, we can stop right there right now for a while, holy or hallowed be your name. That's just holy. It's a simple word for holy. All right, I get it. You can see the disciples processing this. Get it, got it. We won't keep repeating the same things over again. If God doesn't already know what we need, we're not going to, we, we get that. We're going to address him as God. We're going to address Father. So here's the next stuff. He's like, okay, so you can see the disciples. They're, they're starting this quiz, this lesson. So he said to them, when you pray, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. This is the one that drives me a little crazy. Because when do I get to pray for my stuff? Right? When do I get to pray about what's going on in my life? If Jesus is teaching this, I want to understand this model of prayer. But when is it about me? When do I get to say, God, I need trouble. I got trouble with my finances. I got trouble with my marriage. I got kids that are, are crazy, which might be true. <laughs> when do I get to pray for my stuff? You see, what I think is a lot of us come to God and we're like, God, could you just do this for me? Could you just do this for me? Could you just do this for me? But check this out. Listen to what Jesus says. Your Kingdom come. Who's he speaking about? Is he speaking about the disciples' kingdom? Who's he speaking about? Come on. God's kingdom. He's speaking about God's kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wait, 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 wait. What about my family, my job, my lack of job, my health, my fear? What about my bills? What about my wife who don't talk to me? I mean, what about the Chicago Cubs? I've been praying for them for years. Preach. To which I think Jesus would smile. I think he would laugh. And he'd say, you know what? I already got that covered. You just don't realize it. Matthew 6, 8. For your father, from your heavenly father, knows what you need before you even ask. Oh, I forgot that part. So I don't need to start with me. You see, because when I start with me, guess what my prayers become about? Me. That's not very powerful. Because the one who is powerful is not me. I'm only powerful when I align myself with God. That's it. Hmm. Jesus would say, you see, when we pause to think about the one we're addressing, when we pause and acknowledge who we're talking to, what else is there to say than just your kingdom? What else? We sing a song before you all walked in here, and I don't know if you know this, but we show up early every Sunday morning. We have a half an hour, some 20 minutes of prayer here to, for you because we believe prayer is powerful and effective and that we believe God wants to show up and the Holy Spirit wants to change your lives. So we come here and we start battling early for you. And as we're praying this morning, we had a song playing. I asked to play a song called All Hail King Jesus. And I had this image that God would come up here and he would sit on his throne and it would be about him. Because everything is about him. And he can't wait to give everything that's about him into my life. He's not waiting to judge you. He's not waiting to say, man, you you just confessed that. Like little Peter, cottontail, pop you on the head. He's just saying, I just want you to rest in the milieu of who I am. You know what milieu is? It's like to do, right? The presence of who I am. See, Jesus would say, what else is there to talk about besides who you are? Your agenda, your kingdom come. My kingdom can wait. Let me challenge you something. For the next 24 hours, maybe, next day, two days, don't pray about anything you need. Just tell God who he is. Don't pray about what you need. What does it say in Matthew? He already knows what you need. He's waiting for you to acknowledge him for who he is. And then guess what you will get? What you need. This is what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Seek first in Matthew Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. By the way, that's my life verse right there. Seek first the kingdom of God, because so often I'm wanting to seek my kingdom first. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things then shall be added unto you. What are all these things? It's everything that God has that's beautiful. Why wouldn't I want that? Why wouldn't I want that? His point is this. The point... And the purpose of prayer is to line and realign ourselves continually with God's will, with His purposes, because His plans for you are to prosper, not to harm. And many of us don't go to God because we think His plans are for us to harm. But the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will to Him, not to impose it on Him. Heavenly Father, before I ask for anything I want you to know, I want you to know that it's your will be done. Prayer is not about moving God, it's about moving you closer to God. It's not about convincing him to do your bidding, but it's allowing him to put you in a place where you're willing to do his bidding. In fact, Jesus' word says this Your kingdom come, your will be done right now. Your kingdom come right now. You know what? You can have all of heaven on earth. That's a crazy thought. Your kingdom come on earth. That means you can have everything that possesses, that God possesses, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness, self-control. You can have all those things here, right now. Because why? Your prayers are powerful and effective. He goes on in Matthew 13, 11, 3, he says this. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask your heart away. Just don't think about sandwiches. The rest of this passage in Matthew, if you look at the same verses in Matthew, the parallel to Matthew, it talks just about what a good father is. You see, I realized this a long time ago. I cannot pray and worry at the same time. You see, when I worry, I'm not praying. And when I'm praying, I'm not worrying. Then he goes on, Matthew eleven four. 4, he says this, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Jesus is teaching this to these guys. You would think that they would have gotten it by now after two years, that they would know to forgive others. Okay, my turn, I'll admit it. This is a heart verse. Billy Graham said it the best way, and if you don't remember anything, remember this. You cannot pray for somebody and hate them at the same time. You, You can't. Matthew eleven four. 4, he goes on, Jesus' teaching, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protect us from the enemy, because he is alive. Scripture says he is alive and roaring around like a prowling lion, seeking for those to devour. There's so much I can talk about regarding prayer, but I want you to learn from an example. I told you I was going to get honest with you. I'm going to sit down. I know we're, we're, we're right, give me five more minutes. You, is that cool? All right. I'm going to sit down because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stand for this. I'm going to give you my outline of how I pray. I have an app because I don't like writing. I've always heard Christians should be great journalers. Oh, my flashlight's on. Um, I'm not a good writer. I hate it. My penmanship, I can't read it myself. So I have an app called Day One. It's just a note app that I, 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 I pray in every day. I can talk it and it transcribes perfectly. So I have a record of my, my prayer in the morning. I'm going to read you my, my prayers. Because I believe this, I, you know, one time, a long time ago, a guy taught me how to change brakes on a car. He sat down, he did one side, I did the other. I never forgot how to do it. Sometimes I think we need examples of how we should do things to learn. So here you go. Don't judge me for these prayers, please. I am a pastor. Right away, Matthew six thirty-three. It's on everything I do on my prayer. Because my heart wants to seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I have five prompts that I pray for every day. Five prompts. And they're in here. They automatically, I hit a button, the prompts automatically come up. The first prompt is this. Go ahead. I don't start with me. I've learned that if I start with me, guess where it ends at? Me. So I start first by praising. Now praising is different than Thanksgiving. Here's what praise does for me. So my first prompt, God, I praise you for. This was just this week, so again, I'm going through some issues. Can I, God, I praise you for being a God today, the God of tomorrow and knowing what happens tomorrow. I praise you for being sovereign, knowing all. I praise you for relationships today. I praise you for a new day, a new opportunity to see you work, even though my spirit sometimes doesn't like to do that. And again, I praise you for the morning sky and your creation. I sit out on my patio. I praise you for being a God of joy. I wish I had more of that. I praise you for being a God of laughter. I praise you for being a God who is just. I praise you for being a God who allows us to be justified to you. Not repeatedly, but one time. Thank you. I praise you for that. I praise you for allowing me to acknowledge even you today. And I thank you and I praise you that you acknowledge me back as your child. Praise. Simple. The next prompt, God I'm thankful for. And I wanna, I'm doing this for a reason. I want you to hear it's not just about my needs. I want to teach you. If anything, it's in your notes today. Take this home and try this for a week and see what happens in your relationship with God doesn't mean I don't have trouble. doesn't mean I don't have tr- trials. doesn't mean I don't feel distant from God. It just means I want to be authentic and I want to align. I want to tune in to him. So God, I'm thankful for. God, I'm thankful for opportunities today to see you work. God, I'm thankful for you sustain, sustaining hand over my family. I'm thankful for the relationship I have with my wife. I'm thankful for my son and the relationship that I have with him. I am thankful for my daughters, but this, this day I was specifically thankful for my son. <laughs> We had a great conversation about something. God, I'm thankful for the cool breeze that hits my leg and reminds me that the coolness is coming. And as I'm tired of the heat and the weariness that it brings to my soul, I'm thankful today that I feel your presence. Thank you that you're refreshing. I thank you for the relationships I have with people. I'm thankful that I don't worry about you providing for me for you've shown yourself. I'm thankful you know tomorrow, and you've already laid it out, so why should I worry? I'm thankful your plans for me are to prosper. Thank you. Now, this is the next prompt that I don't like. Go ahead. This is a dangerous one. Again, I want to be aligned to God. Holy Spirit, search me for doubts that I have. I told you I'm a pastor, so don't don't send me emails. Even though I read, don't worry, why worry? I can't help it. So Holy Spirit, search me for why I do. Let me know why there's such doubt in my spirit. Search me for anyone that I have anger against today. May it be resolved in my spirit because I know it puts a gap between me and you and me and them. Would you breathe that into the forefront of my mind? Holy Spirit, search me for any areas that I have unbelief, trepidation, nervousness, anxiety, lack of trust and faith in you, for sometimes it seems so great. Holy Spirit, search me for areas in my life where I feel small and inadequate. Reveal those to me. Reveal why they are there, because you have not made me that way. You have made me fearfully and wonderfully. So search me for why they're there. I think I need therapy. That's a tough prayer. That's an honest prayer. The next one I go to is God provide for. God, today I want you to ask that you would provide for Macy, my daughter, for her successful surgery and bring peace to her spirit more than anything. I want to praise you and thank you for the provision of Kate making cheerleading. told you silly things sometimes. Father, provide for the finances that we need to pay for the stuff that's needed. It seems a little overwhelming. I ask that you bring peace to my spirit. My mind has been filled with a lot of doubt on your call of my life. That's pretty crazy, huh? I pray for our men's retreat. Father, meet these men, change their souls, remove shame for them, and restore blessing. Please provide restoration for their identity, for who you see they are and who you see them to be. That you would bring a word to my mind for these men. I pray that you would bring joy into my life where there is none. I hate that I miss out on life because of lack of joy and heaviness of spirit. Father, remove that. Provide for that. God, I pray that you would increase my border. And God, that you would give me influence over men, not for my name, but for yours. Would you provide that opportunity? Father, that you would give me clarity in decisions and direction. And in the midst of those decisions and directions, Lord, that you would provide peace to my weary soul last one. Y'all are going to think I need to resign. I know. God, I pray for. God, I pray for my friend Jeff Pollitt this morning. Lord, peace in his spirit. I thank you for his friendship. Lord, would you provide for some of the desires of his heart? I thank you for the honesty of that friendship. I just praise you for that. I thank you for where he's at and for such a good friend. Provide for him, my friend. Oh, I just went ahead. There we go. I pray today, God, for my friend Kenan Victor. This morning, I thank you for where he's come in his life. Would you continue to keep him in a place that's close to your heart? God, I pray for Matt today, my brother-in-law. He's deciding whether or not to come to this retreat. Would you remove any obstacles as I know God wants to meet him and give him a life-changing experience from wandering to come home? So I just leave it up to you with that, God. Would you make a way? I pray for Oasis this morning, that you would use Oasis as a place of hope, that we would see change in our community, that we'd be a place where lives would be found because they find you, and that we'd be a place for the lost to find a home. I pray for Pastor Billy this morning and his leadership, and that you'd give him a vision and a passion. So thank you, Father, for today. I lift these things up to you, and it's just the beginning of my conversation with you today, God, but thank you for listening and hearing my lips today. Amen. There's no, no applause, no applause. No, please, please, please. It's not about me. It's about I want to give you an example of how you can begin to tune in into the prayer life of God in a unique and deep way, guys. I I want you so much to understand the intimacy that you can have with God not just by reading the word, not just by serving but just having conversations with him who already says you're powerful and effective. I believe what's going to happen in these prayers because I am powerful and I am effective because I am right standing before God. It doesn't mean I'm always sinless. No, I sin every day probably more than you. Ask my family. But I want to use this. Do me a favor, commit to it for five days. It's simple. But guess what will happen? You'll begin to tune in into what God wants to do in your life, and you'll realize that it's not just about you, and it's not boring. This is not boring, this is hard, and it's honest, and it's authentic. Why? Because that's who I want God to make me, and I'm not there. I also want to give you a tool. Again, I want you to learn this. I want you to learn this. There's a screen we're going to throw up here. Throw it up. Take a picture of that. Right there. Seriously, I want you to take a picture of that. And I want you to download the Pray First app. And in it, start praying biblical models of prayer. You want to learn how to pray. The disciples had to learn how to pray. They learned these ways of prayer through Jesus. Learn how to pray. If you're not seeing God move in your life, I'm just going to say it this way. You might not know how to pray. Download this app. I want to give you a tool because I want you to love life by loving God. And then you'll love people. And also, here you go. I'm going to give you another challenge. I've got a warranty. Thank you. My last challenge is this, and we're going to close. I know I'm over. Thank you for five more extra minutes. I want to challenge you this. This Wednesday night, 6 p.m., How cool would it be to freak out Pastor Billy with a renewed commitment to prayer and worship? And he shows back up on Wednesday night and his place is full. You know the number one least attended service in church? Prayer. Yet it's the vehicle that God uses to transform us. So I'm going to challenge you. You might not have ever come to a prayer and worship night. You may think it's not for me. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. Yeah, you do. That's why you need it. Let's pack this place, because I believe without a shadow of a doubt, it is time for the church to utilize power and effective prayer to change you, to change your marriage, to change your life, to change this community, to change your kids, to change this church, and to change this world. It needs it now. So let's make a fresh commitment. I'm going to ask you to stand up, and we're going to do what we just talked about. We're going to pray right now. And we're going to let you go. And if you need prayer, there's going to be people up here who pray. And why do they pray for you? Because they believe prayer is powerful and effective. So right now, Heavenly Father, we call unto you. We don't have to beg. We don't have to plead. You've already given us the authority to call forth things because we are righteous in you. And so, Father, right now, I pray for those that are sick in this room that they are healed. The disciples didn't say, if it is your will. They just knew it was your will. Father, I pray for those who are lost today that they'll be found in you. Father, I pray for those who are hurting that they'll be healed. I pray for those who are bonded by sin today or addiction that they are set free. God, I believe in this. And so, Father, would you use the prayer and the power and the effectiveness to transform lives? Would this community be rattled because we have prayer people in this church? Father, I pray for the schools as they begin Tuesday. Would that be a place that's rattled by Jesus because people in this church are praying for him? Well, I pray for the men as we go away next week. Would their lives be changed because people of this church are praying for him? So, Father, I thank you. And if you don't know this God I'm talking about right now, it's a simple thing to say, God, I want your power in my life because I'm acting all on my own and I'm done. Come into my life, Jesus. I give it mine to you. That might be you. Just say those words, Jesus, come into my life. Just come into my life. And if your prayer life is just blah, beige, I pray that this week is different. That you would tap in and tune in so you can be effective for God. Lord, we love you. I love you. I love that I can talk directly to you. I love that all I want to do these days is just talk to you. So, Father, make us a church of prayer. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 6 p.m. Wednesday night. Be here. If you need prayer of any kind, come on up, yeah? Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope God moved in your heart today. And if you're in the Scottsdale area, I'd love for you to come and visit our campus on one of our Sunday services. You can find details to our service times on our website. I also want to thank our faithful givers. By giving towards our podcast, you're able to help us reach people from all over the world for Christ and fulfill the mission of Oasis, which is to love God, love life, and love people. God bless.